0: welcome to the first cup podcast i'm rick gaiman and this is your round one recap for this week's mexico open joining me to break it all down from mexico mark immelman is here hello mark
1: buenos dias rick i think it would be the uh, uh the appropriate way to greet you okay. yeah it's lovely The we landed here yeah, the weather is gorgeous like mid 85s not very humid um it's breezy this afternoon it always is um the golf course i spoke to a few players um they're all raving about the condition that the place is in. So uh, I'm looking forward to walking around you. It's a, it's a good spot and a fun event.
0: Well, I'm I'm actually happy you mentioned uh, the wind kicking up in the afternoon because that's exactly what we saw on Thursday. The morning wave was nearly a shot and a half under par with the afternoon wave playing closer to even par. So almost a shot and a quarter uh, or so difference between the two waves. That's likely to be expected every day, Mark, or something close to that?
1: Yeah, it's like that, that's to be expected. I mean, any coastal golf course, you're going to see that because in the morning when the tides are essentially out, I sound like McFaldo now with the tides, but the tides affect the winds. and When the tides come in in the afternoon, then the winds will freshen. Um, but but it's, it's a weird sort of a setup here because the way the golf course sits, the ocean kind of wraps around it for about a quarter of the golf course, and then you've got the, uh, the mountains in behind. So there's a bit of a buffer but it's pretty, well, it's pretty well one directional, the wind. And I did want to mention, you know, when we flew in, uh, the lady who handles transport from the airport to the hotel for us for CBS and security, incidentally, also, she's like, hey, how are you doing? So good to see you. And I'm like, yeah, it's good to be back. And she goes, you see this out here? She goes, we can't find a parking spot. <laughs> they, they reckon the folks have shown up here on mass for this golf tournament this week and and she goes the roads are too small for all the fans we've got and i'm like well this is a good thing so uh so so i was excited that um the fans are showing up and i'm looking forward to maybe a little vibe over the weekend
0: the roads are too small that's uh not one that i've heard recently (laughs) that that's also the problem with getting in out of dodger stadium mark they built it like in this there's no good there's no way in there's no way out Well, the great places are like that. I mean, think of all of the great golf
1: courses in the United Kingdom. I mean, St. Andrews, there's one road in and out of the town. And then there's three roads in town. There's North Street, South Street, and Market Street. And so uh, it's it's cool. And, and yeah, Port of is, is a Yacht is a touristy place. But I saw what she was saying because the traffic to get from the airport to the hotel, which is um, not even 10 miles, not even. It, it took a good 30 minutes. So uh, <laughs> there's folks at you and they're having a good time.
0: All right, I love it. Well, who else is having a good time is Austin Smotherman. Went out early, and Mark, I love before we even get to a scorecard. I love the idea that Austin Smotherman could be the guy who wins the Mexico Open twice. Right? He he, if he wins it this week, great. He also won it a couple of years ago, and this was a PGA Tour Latino America event. I, I like that little nugget, that little callback for Austin Smotherman
1: that would be cool i mean if i've got him on the weekend i'm going to use that one um i will credit you somehow um but it's funny that you know when i was on the plane i was trying to keep up with some of the golf watch some of it on pga tour live and i was watching the scoring and stuff and um it it was weird how to see him play his way to the lead at this very event last year when we were all in town for the first time checking out the golf course uh, it was thursday morning we were out there. And um, at that stage, Julian Trudeau was caddying for him. And Julian was a long-time caddy for Graham Dillette. And good friends with all of us. He's really helpful to us on course announcers. And I'd watched Smotherman play at Pebble Beach earlier in the season. And he hits it. I mean, this boy can flush. And um, I I said to Frank Nubala, I'm like, watch this. And so he hits a few shots. And Frank was like, why doesn't this guy play better? (laughs) And um, Julian's like, well, you know, he doesn't putt so well. And uh, now it's like, yeah, but there's something the greens being a little slower to me that levels the playing field some on the greens. And even though the wind blows, you don't have to make two bigger reads. The, the greens are big here and there's not too much movement on them. And um, so it was solid last year. I don't know where he finished. But then to uh, to switch on the scoring, to see his name up there, it was kind of like a deja vu moment. and almost one of those things where you know it from your website, Rick Run Good. Uh, where certain folks are just comfortable around golf courses, and apparently it is the case here for Austin Smotherman.
0: Yeah, speaking of turning on the switch, that's exactly what he did because he went out in three under 33. That was on the back nine, Uh, makes birdie on three, which was his 12th hole of the day, and then finishes, Mark, with four straight birdies on six, seven, eight and nine for an inward 30 that's 63 and we've only been here for two years but that is also tying the course record
1: yeah big guy if you make a birdie on eights you should get a free game if you follow <laughs> that up with a birdie on nine then you get a week's free golf and accommodation then if you happen to birdie 10 which is like a part that's a par five that's called a par four If you make three birdies straight there, you are gaining major strokes on the field. But that finish there, you would expect it on the par five. um, It's the sixth, I think it is. Uh, They were playing it as 15. Um, It's reachable. Then the next hole is a drivable four uh, with a big green. Lots of movement on that green from right to left and back to front. But someone of his power can drive even into the wind. So you would expect him to pick up a, a couple there. But birding eight, which is a brute, always into the wind. And nine, which is a difficult par three with water short and left. Um, that's a big finish there and, 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 a, and a tremendous round for Austin.
0: In at 8-under 63, that is currently two shots clear of everybody else. We have a couple of guys finishing up with a few few holes to go that could uh, shorten that gap, but there is a log jam at 6-under. A couple of the guys who went out this morning will highlight here. Steven Yeager, 6-under six 65, leading the field as of right now in strokes gained approach, Mark, and he burned a couple of edges with, with the putter. Th- this could have been really, really deep for Yeager.
1: Yeah, it's his thing. And if memory serves, I'm sure Josh can help me. I had him in my head-to-head matchup losing to somebody. Um, So (laughs) whoever that somebody is, memory is failing me. Better get his rear end into gear because um, that's some good stuff. And and Jaeger is – I mean, we saw what he did at that Ellie Mae Classic uh, many moons ago when he shot like 60, 62, 63. I mean, he's ridiculous. Um, I I think the highest score he shot for the week was like 65 or something stupid. Um, so when he gets going, he just fills it up from all corners and and there was some sort of day and, and, and he's also the kind of player where he's gutsy. And when he's in the mix, he doesn't back down. So, uh, I've just found out here, Andrew Putnam, my guys, three under through 17, Uh, Andrew, if I want to win this head to head, I'd better get his skates on because this Jaeger, when he gets going, he, he doesn't
0: let go. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of time. Lots of golf to be played. Only a couple shots behind for. Andrew Putnam. Uh, Taylor Pendrith, another guy in six under 65. And Mark, it hasn't been a great year for Pendrith, just trying to get his feet underneath him a little bit. But a a golf course like this, a big ballpark for a big guy who hits it a long way and is just super talented. You thought this might be a place where he might be able to snap out of his uh, slump a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's wide. It's wide off the tee. We talked about that in the the pregame show. And and that's the sort of thing that he needs. Um, I did talk with him. Look, this is a ways back. It feels like just the other day. It was in the hotel at Torrey Pines. In fact, I think I'd just been on the golf course with you and I walked upstairs and we bumped into each other and we're just chit chatting. And I'm like, so how's the game? And he goes, man, I'm missing in both directions. He goes, and I normally fade the golf ball because I cannot fade the thing for my life right now. And, um, then he goes. I'm like, well, what are you trying? He goes, I'm just going to keep swinging, <laughs> which was pretty refreshing. And I remember him because I looked out for him. Played better over the weekend, so maybe gaining a bit of a, a bit of traction. But like we said, Rick, this event, this golf course for someone like a Pendrith, you expect a lot of. A weaker field, wide fairways, slower greens it's the perfect sort of a setup to go and head and make some hay and and get some fedex cup points make some money you know climb up that uh, ranking because remember it's it, we we about to be may now uh playoffs happen in august that's happening fast right and it's only 70 guys getting to the playoff right now and Pendrith should be a playoff contender so it's time for him to to do a little work
0: Yeah, Speaking of uh, making money, Eric Cole's been making quite a bit of money this year, also in at six under 65. The way that he did it was uh, out in three under in in three under that is six under 65. Only one blemish on the card was actually his first hole of the day. Number 10 made a bogey five there, but uh, writes the ship very, very quickly. Mark, I want to zoom out a little bit and remind everyone that Eric Cole has played a mini tour event this year, right? It, it was the week before that great run at Honda where he, he was playing a mini tour event that he won for $1,300, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are a far cry from $1,300 winnings for Eric Cole at this point.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if the hotel we're in is $1,300 a night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, It's a far cry. And, and look, I'm not supposed to pull for people. But I'm really pulling for him to be playing well over the weekend because I want to watch him play again and have him in our afternoon broadcast Saturday, certainly, and hopefully even Sunday because our, the Eric Cole I remember and I told you guys was the talented young kid with a great fa- father's an awesome golfer, um, tournament winner, beautiful swinger of the club. Mom was a, a star, Laura. Um, and this boy has just got all the genes for it. But when he was playing as a collegian – He looked like a million dollars, and then for like 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day, would just kind of his alter ego would set in, and he'd turn a perfectly good 71 into like 77. Mm. And um, all of that time spent on the on the the mini tours, playing that hard Scrabble stuff, learning to scrap and claw and save and and make birdies from nowhere and that sort of thing—that's a skill that's learned. And credit to him for for being true to his belief in himself to go go ahead and, because a lot of guys will just give up, right? And he never did. And then he had the big splash at the Honda. And look, he's got game. He's no flash in the pan. He really isn't. And, and it's a beautiful start. And the guy who played, he played decently for a while last week alongside Sam Saunders. So uh, it seems to me like the game is rounding into shape.
0: Yeah, certainly is 65. One of those in at six under the big notable from the morning wave was, of course, the number one player in the world, the favorite to win this golf tournament. Historically short odds. It's John Rom. And it was a slow start for Rombo. a bogey on 11, his second hole of the day, a bogey on 16. He was able to offset both of those with birdies, but he made the turn at even par and then he was able to salvage the rounds. Mark, we talk about this with a lot of the best players, you know, shooting, shooting the worst score you can all the time. Well, that was four birdies coming in to get in at 67, four under par.
1: Yeah, he did what he had to. Um, I would call the front nine, his second nine that he played this morning, the easier of the two sides And he picked up the score there. Um, You had to figure he was probably going to feel a little antsy. You know, he's been off for a little while. Uh, Didn't play a week, played RBC. But by his own admission, the heritage was like a blur. And it was all adrenaline-based and stuff. And then you go home and you've got time to decompress and think about what you just achieved. And the media obligations, from what I'm being told, were just rampant Um, because it's not just America, right? It's, It's global. He's a global champion. And so I'm sure he came in yeah, with little unsurety. And uh, you could see it in the start. but he did what he had to do. And I've got to tell you, I thought a par was a really good day, even though he had the, the better of the conditions, because he, he found it. He started to hit really good shots. He missed on some yardages for me, which was strange, because ordinarily he and Adam really get the uh, yardages down. So that spoke to some yardages where he overshot a few greens. Um, there was one flower especially they didn't read very well but then when he had to he found a little groove made a few birdies again finished with that birdie two on his last hole that was big I mean that's the kind of thing where you could almost see that it jolted him back into like right tournament mode let's go so um I don't think there's worries now I think that 67 was even though he's well off the pace I think it was a tremendous start
0: yeah, did what he had to do. I like that you said that. We'll turn our attention here to the to the PM wave and find the big notable out of that wave. It's the guy with the second shortest odds coming into the week, uh, Tony Finau, who is currently still out on the golf course, Mark. He is five under through 17. He's playing his final hole of the day. It's the par five, 18th. He's sitting in the, the left-hand side of the fairway with 200 yards in, so uh, potentially another birdie or dare I say, big bird opportunity coming for Finau to post something even better than five under. But uh, all in all, uh, one of the best rounds we're seeing out of the afternoon wave.
1: Yeah. If he makes the big bird on 18, given where the hole is cut, it's right over the front bunker. Something about that 18th green is always firmer. If you watch it on TV, you'll see it gets a browner look to it. It just gets baked throughout the day by the sun and it plays firm. So coming in there from outside of 200 yards, uh, wind would sort of be down ish. I feel like the thing, you're going to see something from the the green, so you'd have to make a long putt or pitch in. So I think birdies all but guaranteed. I know I don't like to say that with golf because stranger Mm -hmm. things happen, but I wouldn't see him making a three. But the golf I saw him play this afternoon, he looked awfully comfortable. He had some saucy shots, man. There was a tee shot there on the 14th. I think it's 14 or 14, yeah, the par 5 that turns back towards the mountain it plays into a little bit of a hurting breeze. So it's, that's the same direction as 18. So 18 will be in and off the left. And he teed this thing down, like down almost on the ground off the tee, and pulled it some, but it was just a the swing and a shot that a confident guy would select because the fairway is quite wide. And he was like, had the gumption enough to tee the ball down, try and sting one down there with a the driver. And I'm like, okay, this is a guy who's believing in what he's doing. And he looked comfortable on the greens. He just kept giving himself opportunities. And if you do that in golf, that's that's where you stack the odds in your favor. And and Finao and Rahm and I'd say I don't even know anyone else in the field really. They know the drill. They know that if you just keep doing it and you keep doing it and you're going to knock off one or two or three or four, you do that a few times every day, it adds up in the end. So right now, Finao's is looking great to me. And, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you could almost see like a Finao rahm showdown Kind of a reprise of last year, but playing together because last year, remember, Finau was out early and he posted 63. Yeah. I was on him that day where Ron was in the final group. So it would be cool. It would be cool for TV. It would be cool for the fans down here with all the fans that are coming in. And uh, uh, and I think, I mean, it's on the offing. The both, both of them look like they're playing pretty well right now.
0: All right, we're well, hold, holding thumbs to see if we can get a John Rahm and Tony Finau final pairing on Sunday. And speaking of big birds, Mark, I'd be remiss if I did not mention uh, the South African near the top of the leaderboard who is making a move right now, coming off a of big bird on number fifteen, Eric Van Royen, six under through fifteen. He's got three holes to go. This is officially the best round on the golf course right now, and. He's starting to play a little better, starting to find his game a little bit. This might be an opportunity for a breakthrough.
1: Well, where he grew up in South Africa, the grass is very similar to this. It's inland, but it's a coarse sort of spiny grass. The conditions wouldn't have been as pretty and as uh, pristine as what they are here. But the grasses are the same. The greens are slow. So he will feel comfortable. He always swings at greats. Um, he's played well in the Mex- in Mexico before. I-, I recall that World Golf Championships event out there Chapultepec in Mexico City. He just is comfortable uh, in Mexico for some reason. Um, and so it's cool to see him playing well. I, I did laugh. I, I had a-, a bout of Kyle Porter inside of my head where in the middle of 10 fairway, where all of a sudden you see a cameraman go down and you lose the screen and the camera is sort of showing grass. And we find out that they got swarmed by... Or buzzed by a swarm of bees, and that was uh, Eric's croup in the fairway, which was hilarious. And I just keep on thinking of Kyle going. This is just a normal sport, you know.
0: Yeah, about nine nine guys, caddies, right, players, right caddies right and all uh, yeah, faced out. It was a very normal sport moment uh, for sure. That eagle was a a hole out from 141 yards in the fairway on on 15 so that'll get the that'll get the juices flowing
1: here's the thing okay 15 is kind of your last gift 14 is a par 5 with a big green 15 it's a whitish fairway that's cut in half by a bunker in the middle of it and there's water down the left and the green's massive so if they find the fairway these guys got like some sort of wedge in there so you think it's a chance but 16 is a sliding dog leg from left to right out of bounds down the right and it's long 17 is a mean par three with water front and left. And then 18 is the five. So if he can skate past six and 17, yeah, he could do something uh, really special.
0: I'll tell you what, I'll just give you the live update. He has hit his approach on 16 to 15 feet. So he's got that dirty. So maybe he can steal one there and then add another one on 18 and get himself. If he does that, if he makes a 15 footer, makes par on 17, makes a birdie on on the par five, 18, that ties the course record.
1: There you go easy This is what the this is what the PGA tour is. It's like I remember when I was a young instructor coming out where you get to the golf course with your guy in the morning, the weather might have been good, but there's a bad day, and you're like, okay, scoring can't be low. And you get out there and some cat shots like 62 already. And then you're like, Good gracious. And they just keep coming at you. And and no leads safe. And it's amazing how back in the day where sometimes you got to a golf course and you knew, like, okay, if I sixty nines, I'm good. They're just certain places you have to keep the to the metal. And even here, like I just, I was going on about 16 being hard. And this cat's like, whatever, driver, seven iron, I would guess, in there tight. And he's got himself a good look.
0: Uh, He does indeed. Okay, we will uh, recap the day, look forward to tomorrow. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym and Viore has threaded that Needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky. as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% And we're back. Tonight is uh, the NFL Draft. So if you're watching us as we're live or watching us on on Thursday, tonight is the NFL Draft, the first round. We've got all the analysis and everything you can need locked in with the the First Pick podcast. You should check that out for all your NFL Draft needs. Hopefully, there will be some fireworks. I just saw that Lamar Jackson just became the highest-paid quarterback ever, Mark.
1: Yeah, you saw that. But more importantly, I know you're an Eagles guy. But you know the, I, I love the draft. Uh, Falcons, are, I think I've got the eighth pick or something. I feel like Terry Fontenot might jump up and try and do a little dealing. But the Falcons have had a good off season, so I'm I'm looking, I'm I'm excited right now for next season.
0: Yeah, the the, the NFL does a great job of being relevant 365 days a yep. year, right? Mm-hmm. It's the draft, and then it's going to be training camp, and then it's going to be pre. Uh, just a, a machine. A machine staying relevant. Okay,
1: so okay, then I'm going to ask you this. So the same folks have been crowing for more golf on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now they're like, there's too much golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can't we just go do golf all year round on the PGA tour too? I mean, there's the, the NFL kind of keeps you engaged, yes,
0: yes, for sure. Now the NFL keeps you engaged without games, which is. that's the dirty little secret, right? That's, that's how they've unlocked everything is they can get you excited about a draft. They can get you excited about free agency. They can get you excited about training camp, but yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I like some fall golf
0: so do i uh it's not and and wherever they play golf is always 75 and sunny i think they'll be i think they'll be fine uh before we jump into the odds board mark i'm sure you have this favorited in your pga tour app but would you like to recap the one and done selections after day one
1: my guy was in bad shape i turned on the score and i was like scrolling and i was backing and forth and going seriously and then i saw him he was in second last place i think at one stage four over through nine wyndham clark and he gamed back he got it back to two over not in good shape but you know we've seen low scores in there so he's going to need something good tomorrow yeah to, to, it, it, i
0: don't
1: want to say i don't want to say this is a throwaway week but right now i'm pulling for anybody except for tony Fina.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, Lindbergh did claw back, two over par. That's the fans and you, Mark. Um, Gary Woodland, the selection of Patrick, KP, and Kyle M. He is four under T12. The the Maybe the best pick we've got so far. He's not Chez done the first. Yeah, Greg went with Chez Revi four under through 15. If he steals a couple hundred thousand dollars in exchange for Chez Revi, that'd be pretty good. Okay,
1: this is the second time this season where I have to commend you and admit that I was a blowhard and I was spewing BS out of my mouth because I was like, are you okay? And we were going to send out the, the, the emergency crew, the, the paramedics for you with that pick. But my goodness, so uh, the Greg knows what he's talking about because I didn't think this place would suit chairs, but apparently I was watching him play this afternoon. He didn't change anything. He just does it again, just in the fairway, 280 on the middle of the green, make a few putts, And he looked very, very sound.
0: well, Through the first 15 holes, he has been great. Lots, Lots of golf still to be played. We'll see how it all shakes out. Let's look at the betting board. I believe we have this graphic here, and I'm and I'm pretty sure we've got the two big boys who are the favorites, and that shouldn't be, yeah, no surprise here. So the uh, pre-tournament favorite and the uh, pre-tournament second shortest odds, Rom and Finau, are still marked in that position. Rom now three to one, which is a little bit longer than you could have gotten him before the tournament started. He's currently four shots off the pace, and then Tony Finau at plus three twenty, so three point two to one, finishing up. Up on eighteen right now. He's got thirty-five feet for Eagle. So he is he is on the dance floor. Uh they are the only two golfers shorter than fourteen to one. So odds makers are uh sticking with the two at the top.
1: Yeah. Um I'm looking at this and I don't want to be the guy that's got the the shadow leaderboard as you and your cronies call it, you know. Um, no, go
0: ahead. Embra- embrace the real lead, Mark.
1: No, the real lead, the real lead right now is sixty-three. Okay, but as I look down here and I look at those numbers, you know, I, I'd said because I picked Ram in one of my outrights, you'd be stupid not to bet a field like this, and even at three hundred plus three hundred, I'd lay a few shekels on that. But Eric, uh, pardon me, Eric Cole, um, he contended at Honda and showed he wouldn't go away because everyone was waiting for him to. F- And he didn't. He hung in there, and but for a miraculous wedge, really, from Chris Kirk, you could have had a different winner. And the grass there in South Florida is sort of similar to this. It's not paspalum, but it's the same sort of spiny, grainy sort of thing where the ball, you got to read grain and stuff like that. So this is where I feel like he could really shine. Wind blows, he lives down in Southeast Florida. He's used to that. Um, a lot of this golf course turns from right to left a little bit, and that's right up his alley. Um So I, I, I'd have a flutter there with Eric Cole at plus uh, 2,500. I, I think that could be uh, – that one may cash. Um, yeah. I have a strange feeling there.
0: I don't mind either one of those, those two in the middle there. The Eric Cole at 25 to 1 or Gary Woodland at 22 to 1. I, I, I worry about – Gary's Potter a little bit but I think if he gets in the mix on Sunday uh he's gonna he's gonna make these guys lives a little bit more a little bit more difficult I think it's I think it's very wide open obviously there's a lot of golf to be played and we saw the scoring and how it's going to change throughout the day so it's 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 pretty open considering we still have the two big boys at the top
1: yeah good on Bo Hustler I, I see Brandon Wu's up there he had a good day and he had the final round of 63 last year too um and I, I thought about him for a while, uh, especially in the best bets. I think it was because um, um, he had a good number. Of, but to see Bo Hostler come back and play well, that's good to see. And 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 he must have a lot of confidence. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's he's somewhat in the mix come Sunday afternoon.
0: All right. Well, we will see how. Friday goes and we'll be back to recap round two and then obviously we'll do the same after rounds three and four for now though big thanks producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes and Mark Immelman oh what a hard life Mark Immelman in Mexico watching <laughs> golf you I'm going find- <laughs> to send you that picture now in fact
1: for the folks watching I'm going to put it on Instagram and Twitter and I'm going to tag Rick Rungood from the rooftop bar in about T-minus 10 minutes. (laughs) All right. I'm
0: looking forward to it. At Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.